Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they're a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and more printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, Studios502.com. Presents Metal Fest Night, the Jeremy Wade No Cancer Fighting Weekend. 30 bands, two stages, two hellacious days. $15 per night or $25 for the weekend includes fishing and camping. Metal Fest Night, sponsored by Imperial Tattoos, the Bill TV Network, Dark Star TV, and Mike Taylor Sound. Hosted by Metal Forge Radio with special guest Cold Steel Rail, Shovelhead, You're the Gun, Two Pump Jump, Cross Joint, Overload, Juke Joint Revival, Fudge Knuckle, and SWP, Dustin Swagger, Nightshade, Celestial Serpent, Nothing's Wrong, Hidden Solace, Call Me Monster. Devil be my judge. Bastard sons of a Judas goat. Automalized Barry. Eat flat. Until the dead walk. Creature of exile. Eulogy of blood. Brainshaw. Metal Fest 9. At the Boondocks Event Center. Bringing havoc back to the farm. Friday, July 24th. Saturday, July 25th. In Shepherdsville, Kentucky. For more information, check it out on Facebook, Metal Fest 9, the Jeremy Wayne No Cancer Fighting Weekend. for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. It is Friday, June 26th. And you are listening to The Metal Forge, and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. Today, I have Bryce Van Hoosen on the show from Portland's own uh, Silver Talon. Holy shit, awesome band, dude, awesome guy to talk to. Um, but I've been pushing the shows lately a lot, you know, where you're just like trying to get it out there, trying to get it out there. Share the show to everybody you can. I appreciate it, everything that you do, uh, all the listens that you, that you give me, I appreciate all of that. So I'm going to keep it kind of short on the uh monologue here today not really much of a, not really much has changed you know in my area so i want to get it uh you know all thrash and no whatever i don't know <laughs> just whatever um but yeah seriously i appreciate everybody who tunes in every single week uh all the uh archive listens that you all give me um uh, if there's anything in particular that you all like awesome uh let me know 
I'll keep doing it. If you don't like something, let me know. I'll keep doing it. Um, but yeah, seriously, again, thank you all. Um, uh, don't forget, hit up the webpage, metalforgeradio.com, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all metal forge radio. Uh, got some pretty cool guests coming up in the weeks coming, uh, like, uh, bastard sons of a Judas goat. I have, uh, E flat and, uh, Rod Mack from that. Uh, he's actually a cryptozoologist, which is pretty fucking cool as well. He's like a Bigfoot chaser. So we're going to look into that as well on that show. So it's going to be a little bit of a different metal forge. Um, and then I got a surprise coming up, but I'm not going to announce it right now. It's super fucking cool. Got a few actually. Uh, and I hope you all dig it. So awesome shit's coming up, coming down the pike. You'll know soon enough. Cause it's like I said, it's going to be fucking awesome, but I appreciate it. Um, Everything, Metal Forge Radio, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, MetalForgeRadio.com, Patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio. Uh, check it out. Hey, and if you're going to be in the Kentucky area uh, at the end of July, July 24th and 25th to be exact, at uh, in Shepherdsville, I will be there with my band, Overload, along with like 30 other bands. Uh, and I think another 12 punk bands. So we're, there's going to be over 40 bands at this event. It's the Jeremy Wade, no cancer fighting weekend. Uh, come out. It's $15 a day or 25 for the weekend. You can camp BYOB, uh, just, you know, fucking metal and having a good time, you know, supporting a cause. Cause every, everything goes to the, uh, the V foundation, uh, profit wise, you know, so. And it's always fucking fun. You know, music starts on Friday at like 7 o'clock and goes until 2 in the morning. On um, Saturday, it starts at like noon and goes until 2 in the morning. And everybody has fun. Uh, it's just fucking awesome. And it's for a good cause. Uh, of course, you're it's outside. You're more than welcome to wear your uh, PPE, your masks and gloves, just if you do uh, dispose of them properly, you know, because don't fucking throw shit like that on the ground you know uh so yeah awesome shit come on out and i'm gonna play some silver talon from the becoming a demon ep this is devil machine
And I'm being joined on the line right now from Bryce Van Hoosen from Silver Talon. Bryce, how you doing? Hello, hello. Dude. Hey, I'm what doing a, good. How are you? Oh, dude, awesome. Um, holy crap, you know, what a what a last few crazy months it's been, you know, with uh, all the COVID stuff and everything. But enough of all that talk because it's been going on for the last few months now. Uh, <laughs> right. Tell us about Silver Talon out there. Yeah, just like a, I just want like a general kind of fifty thousand foot overview sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from above, you know, <laughs> what yeah. would what would we see? Perfect. Yeah, so um, we started in like twenty seventeen. At this point, um, I used to be in a band called Spellcaster, uh, which is kind of like a new wave of trad heavy metal bands. Um, we we got. Some notoriety, I guess. Uh, we released an album in 2016 on Prosthetic Records and had an album before that that was on, uh, well, it was eventually on Earache Records. Um, and before that, we were kind of, you know, just doing our own thing. Um, that ended in 2017 in sort of a massive blowout that we kind of had with our singer, um, a real sort of nasty situation where he almost got into a fist fight with uh, Spellcaster's drummer Colin. Um, so after that, it was pretty much uh, pretty much over. So uh, me and the rest of the guys who were left in Spellcaster, uh, which was at the time it was myself, uh, drummer Colin Brandizan, bassist Gabriel Franco, uh, and there's guitarist, a name I know. Um, yeah, and guitarist Sebastian Silva, and you should probably know all those guys. They're all in Idle Hands. Yes, um, definitely. So we sort of started. We kind of started this sort of a joint thing where it was like two bands. Um, Gabe could finally sort of start to do the gothic stuff that he had actually been writing for years, but didn't really fit. Uh, and then we would also kind of continue the heavy metal sort of stuff with Silver Talon. So. Um, Essentially for that, we sort of cast a big-ass net for a new singer, and we got a response by the by a fellow – oh, man, I can't talk. Um, we got a response from a fellow by the name of White Howell, who is the singer of Silver Talon. And he was in a band in Eugene called Sanctifier that Spellcaster had played with on a number of occasions. So – um, yeah, at that point, we basically just kind of started jamming. Um, it was a real sort of natural thing because we were basically spellcaster with a different singer. Uh, we wrote the track Devil Machine, um, released that as a demo. Then we wrote another track called Warrior's End. Um, and these were all tracks that we were kind of working on when spellcaster was sort of still a unit. So they would have become spellcaster songs. Uh, had that whole situation kind of stuck together. Um, so then after that, we released an EP in 2018, uh, Becoming a Demon, that had studio versions of Devil Machine. Right, which you had come out with um, the Becoming a Demon EP, which I really actually enjoy because um, I love the intro and outro stuff that's on there. The, you know, Breath, oh, thank of, you. Breath of Kerosene and the outro is studio you know i love um for like the uh for the pink floyd stuff where you've got interludes between songs that connect songs i've always yeah i've always thought that was awesome yeah i, I love that stuff too um and especially when you're you know releasing something that's supposed to be kind of taken as a as a unit it's nice to have sort of an intro and an, an outro to kind of just sandwich it together and sort of make it its own thing rather than just here's a collection of songs um which is oddly enough sort of counterintuitive i guess to the way that things are these days where most people are just going to be on spotify and listening to whatever track spotify is uh telling them to listen to for the day so uh but you know for those few people out there that are into i guess the album is sort of a holistic experience uh yeah that's that's definitely totally my hope is to kind of make it a you know definitely. A unit to sort of be consumed 
myself as a listener, I am very much one to, once I purchase an album, and it doesn't matter if it's an album that's 40 years old or four minutes old, you know, it just came out. That's the first thing, that's the first thing I do. I put it in and let it go because yeah, I want to hear what the artist intended the album to sound like from front to back. Because I think it's, you know, regardless of what anybody says for like, uh, for lack of a better uh, term here, Aqualung was not a concept album. It just plays out that way. If you right. if you listen track to track, so that stuff like that I think is super cool in music. You know, I wish I could write better stuff like that, but just pound sure. it out, you know. <laughs> but um, there is one song that uh, I think has, might draw a lot of people's attention is uh, "Battle Angels" Sanctuary featuring yeah. Jeff Loomis. How did that happen? Yeah, did you, I mean, did you just sit there and send him a, a Facebook message and say, "Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> would you like to"? contribute because there's bands that have done that that have been on the show yeah i just sent him a message and he's like yeah sure no shits like seriously oh sorry you're you're saying the band has done that or no like that that seriously happened that way you just sit there and said you know what oh. i'm gonna message this guy and see see what he says <laughs> well i mean essentially yeah i mean it kind of came down to that but you know i had met him beforehand and we'd sort of been in contact and, and talking and stuff okay uh so i yeah, I met him in, like, April of 2017, and I was going to – my wife and I drove up to Seattle to see kind of a one-off U.S. show from kind of a classic cult 80s Seattle band called Fifth Angel, if you're familiar with them okay. at all. Um, and we're walking up, and uh, I see Jeff just standing outside. And uh, I turned my wife to like, holy shit, Jeff Loomis. That's uh, amazing. So I sort of didn't want to waste that moment. So I was like, all right, cool. He's just sort of standing there. Maybe I can go up and, you know, real quick sort of ask for a, a photo or, or whatever and just, you know, uh, have this as sort of a little keepsake. So I do that. <clears throat> he takes the photo. And then he turns to me and he goes, hey, you know what, you – actually look really familiar and i'm like oh, okay here we go there's another guy who's you know gonna call me dave mustan or say i look like dave mustan or something like that because i had you know bangs and sort of uh curlier hair i guess than uh than i do now um so i would get that comment a lot uh but to my surprise he was like oh yeah you're from uh portland you know you play jackson guitars like oh, i've seen you on uh instagram so somehow I had come across on his Instagram feed somewhere. So he was like already familiar with me, which was insane. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, from there, you know, we kind of just sort of kept in touch via Instagram. And, you know, he would send me pictures of his new guitar purchases and that sort of thing. So um, and then, yeah, I just kind of got the idea that, uh, you know, it might be cool because as a fan, I mean, he was in Sanctuary, but never actually recorded anything with Sanctuary. And I'm sort of obsessed with those, like, old Nevermore um, live shows that they did kind of in the in the early, mid-90s where they're playing Battle Angels and, you know, just playing the solo and that sort of thing. So right, right. as a fan, I was like, you know, this would be really kind of cool to sort of bring it all together. Um Right, so, yeah, like Arch Enemy and stuff was, like that. That's that's fucking killer, dude. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was into it, and that's uh, that's it. The rest is history. Wow, to sit there and to have somebody like him be like, you know, you look familiar, dude. Like, where have I seen? And then, and then realize that 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 I'd be like, holy shit, you know? It's like, yeah, is, is that I, is that what making it is? I guess. <laughs> You know, everybody uh, says the thing, oh, sure. I want to make, we're going to make it, we're going to, you know, that make it term. It's like, I guess that is it, you know, that somebody, you know, that I think that like level, I uh, puts something on a, uh, on a level keel where it's like, we're kind of a peer group now. If, if you're being recognized by somebody on like <laughs> Jeff Loomis, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I, 
I still am not able to, I don't even think like separate myself from it because, uh, it's just, it's just too weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. You grow up kind of like idolizing these guys and then you meet them and somehow they recognize you and then you're like, oh shit, you're just a, uh, you know, normal guy. Right. Um, so yeah. And I'm, you know, I've been over to his house and stuff and hung out and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. He introduces me to, uh, various other people. Um, like when he was here just last year with Arch Enemy, I met, uh, Dirk, who is the drummer for Megadeth, who was playing for at the gates because of, uh, some sort of scheduling issue or something like that. So that was cool. Hell yeah. But yeah. It's just kind of, uh, using all those connections and meeting just do these what, other sort of legendary figures, you know, do what you can, you know, um, uh, that was like same thing kind of happened with, uh, the bands I was saying earlier, you know, uh, Tim Ripper Owens put a put a thing out on Facebook says, "Hey, I'm ready to record some stuff. Who wants to who wants to jam?" <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let me yeah. Uh, I think let me send you the stuff, you know. <laughs> For sure. Right, yeah. I I think that uh, you know, the internet at least has sort of made this uh, much smaller kind of pond or you know, maybe it's always been the sort of the same size pond, but now with the internet, you sort of just realize kind of how small it is. Right. And, uh, every, everybody's just sort of just a, a click away, really. Definitely. Uh, everybody is, definitely is a click away. I mean, when you can send messages, regardless of who, you know, who might be mandating the account for somebody, that, yeah, that, that right. stuff's got to get there somewhere. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be sent something. Exactly. So... That's awesome. So how do you all get together and now is everybody in the same area? Do you all have to, you know, do you have to send tracks to one another that are like 200 miles away? How do you all get together to write music? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, a lot of it kind of comes down to a collaboration basically between myself and our single Wyatt. Uh, and we live together, so it makes that whole process um fairly easy uh for the rest of the guys i mean most of them are in portland with the exception of sebastian um who usually he's he's been all over i mean he's originally from portland but then he was kind of in exile back in his home country of mexico for a bit of last year and then in the netherlands for the rest of the year wow um, and that sort of thing so yeah the guy's got a, a real real crazy story um it sounds like it. So, yeah. So for him, um, a lot of it is just kind of via text message online, sending guitar profiles back and forth, that kind of thing. So there's, it's really kind of amazing that, uh, you know, it, actually even when we were recording this album that uh, is going to come out at some point in the future, um, we barely got together. Most of it was just done online, uh, just kind of sending files back and forth and, Everybody just sort of works at home at their own pace. Nice, you know that seems to be a lot of the a lot of the thing these days. Because again, as you said, st- uh, excuse me. Now I'm the one who can't talk. As you said, <laughs> as you said earlier about the the pond is a lot smaller now, and it seems like that because you know there's people who can perform with one another, being from maybe the United Kingdom and in uh, Arizona. Or oh yeah yeah and absolutely. and that's totally that's so cool to to be able to do something like that if you have the capabilities you know to be able to send files and such but yeah that's super that's super awesome to me yeah and it's you know the barrier to entry for that kind of stuff is is so low these days I mean all you really need is a uh, you know a four hundred dollar laptop and a hundred and fifty dollar USB interface yeah. You're off to the races, basically. Definitely, just uh, just make sure you still mic any guitar cabinets. Because <laughs> oh, uh, you don't even need to do you that. You don't have to do that. Not a lot can... of stuff now, no. But mine with my setup, I still have to. Because <laughs> if I just play straight, it it sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. I um actually recently got this thing that uh, I didn't know existed. It came out maybe a couple of years ago, but it's from a company called Two Notes. And it's this thing called the uh, Torpedo Captor, where basically you can just plug – it's a load box that you can plug your amp into. And then the other side basically just goes into the front end of your uh, 
of your interface. Yeah. So it lets you use use your tube with, Yeah. Yeah, with a, a real um, or with like a impulse response cabinet setup kind of thing, which is crazy. It's been blowing my mind. Definitely, there's actually a brand called Sur. It's S U H R. They have. Oh, a, okay. Yeah. They have a thing called the Reactive Load that does the same thing. It's, oh, it's for an okay. eight ohm. It's for an eight ohm head, which you can run straight in. And then you can run on the other side of it. You can run a uh, cabinet simulator. Ah, uh, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I know people who exclusively record that way, just so they yeah. do not have to. They do not have to, you know, mic amps and such. And it sounds, you know, you have a, uh, you know, a JCM eight hundred head. You don't want to, you know, plug in the cabinet. There you go. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite song on the album that you of uh, Becoming a Demon? Favorite song? Um, I mean, probably probably Devil Machine. I really like that uh, the main riff that we used for the chorus. I think that that uh, kind of one of the better riffs that I've ever written. It's sort of like a aha kind of feeling when it came out. I guess. Um. I like uh, Speed of the Night, the the intro section, at least for that. I was uh, on a roll with that one. So I think that one came out pretty nice as well. Awesome. Um, and then I also really like Cold Embrace. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if it, it kind of takes a little bit, I think, for people to sort of get into because it's kind of a slow sort of burn. But uh, I think it, once you actually get to that first chorus, it's, pretty satisfying right i think again it's like the the thing of what i had said it's you know hearing an album the way it's intended right yeah and i think that i think exactly. it definitely fits so when you're writing a song do you assign any kind of like working titles and if you do how what's the most crazy one you've ever assigned I, you know, I will, I'll assign working titles and they'll be like fairly, fairly serious or I'll just pull them from like some work of science fiction or even some like Game of Thrones episodes or some shit like that back when that was on and was still enjoyable for everybody. Right. Um, so give me an example and other, of one. Well, so I had one, I think there was like, you know, in Game of Thrones they have like the, was one episode that was called like Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken or something like that. And uh, I think the rest of the guys turned it into some uh, really perverted sort of thing that was like unbelted, <laughs> bent over, and broken. <laughs> oh. Wow! So uh, yeah, that one just that the working title for that one just became unbelted for a while. <laughs> Understandable. See, and that 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 to me, you know, I think that's the fun part of the writing process is it, it's. It's like, all right, now what song is this again? Well, it's unbelted, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be you'll be in the studio and talking about it, and uh, the engineer will sort of just look over and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with these guys?" <laughs> hey, hey, metal, right? Metal. Come yeah. On. <laughs> um, yeah, we're all we're all just uh, prepubescent boys, pretty much. Of course, this, and, this whole game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. For being able to do something like that for a living and be able to, to it's it's I think it's all about making your friends laugh. Ultimately, <laughs> it's like what can you yeah. what can you do to 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 pop your friends? You know, it's right. Why not? Um, so, what inspires you uh, to write music? Oh man, I you know it's weird because I don't. I don't really know. It's just sort of this uh, kind of like driving need, I guess, to just sort of get some sort of artistic output out into the world. Um, before it was music, when I was a kid, I uh, grew up in a, a pretty poor family, so we couldn't really afford instruments or musical equipment or anything like that, even though you know I wanted to start playing from a young age. But um, drawing was kind of like the thing that I would do because – you know, a sheet of paper and a pencil is uh, fairly cheap. So um, 
it's all there's always just been this sort of need i guess inside of me to create something to sort of create these worlds and sort of like tell these stories and um that sort of thing so uh, i think you know once i got older and i was able to actually afford an instrument and stuff like that it kind of just uh took off and it's been music and sort of putting these pieces together and trying to you know tell stories or have some sort of emotional impact with sound rather than with you know drawing and text and, and that sort of thing so um yeah as, as far as i can't really put my finger on sort of what that drive is but it's it's there and you know whenever i try to sort of suppress that with a nine to five or something like that there's sort of this feeling i guess like deep inside of like slowly being suffocated you know right i definitely can relate to that for sure um if you could have written a song or an album from somebody else what would it be oh man probably every every sabotage song ever um (laughs) i think when i think about uh sabotage that's kind of so many riffs that I wish that uh, I would have written. So um, instead, I just played them backwards and called them my riffs. <laughs> oh wow! Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, so, some of them. I um, I get that. You know, you'll take like a little chord progression or something like that, and you're like, "Oh, cool! I can I can work that into something." And then you know, a song just forms around that some somehow. I think that's the the influence of other music on us, no matter who it is. Um, there was a guest, there was a guest that I had on, um, about a month ago, uh, Nick from Warcloud said, you know, he's like, he really, he really, uh, liked a a song. So he would play the riff of the song and then mutate it to something that he liked it to sound like. Right. Yeah. And, um, I believe Bo, he was saying about how David Bowie had done that to a stone song. And it was like, oh, okay. and it was so cool, you know, which, but they were, they were peer groups anyways, because Bowie and Jagger were, were really good friends apparently. So, ah, uh, okay. But that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, musicians honestly have been doing that since kind of the dawn of time, right. really. <laughs> um, I mean, you have composers like Mozart even, who would just take a, a piece of somebody else's symphony and just kind of go off with it. And, uh, you know, back, back then it's, it wasn't necessarily considered stealing, which is sort of like almost an honorable thing. Like, oh, Mozart ripped me off. Like, it was, hey, yeah, that's cool. it was like <laughs> it was like paying homage to somebody, which is, I guess, what cover tunes do, but you know, a, right. di- a different way. But, <laughs> but with with cover tunes, there, the original artist is still getting paid to them. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Uh, and and furthermore, I think in these sort of days and age, you know, guys like Jimmy Page have been sued how many times from from people that uh, have claimed that some of his riffs that sold way more copies are a little bit too close to theirs. Right. Yeah. The biggest one that I the biggest uh, deal with him that I saw was like dazed and confused, and th- he of course Zeppelin lost the lawsuit, and they paid the royalties back for like five years. God damn! And to the to the original artist, uh, and this was like this was like two or three years ago that the lawsuit happened. Yeah, I <laughs> I remember seeing the headlines kind of pass by. I never actually dove in too much into the uh, the ins and outs of of that story. Right. But um, yeah, it, uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty big big deal though right because then it sort of set a precedent for a song being a little bit too close if i'm remembering right i'm sort of grasping at straws for what the Uh, bigger implication of this was same uh same concept different Uh, i believe that was on the vanilla ice thing for under pressure and I oh, okay. that's what, that's what that was. Uh, that was the one that changed the 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 demographic uh, or the landscape rather of um, does the, the song is it too close? Is the sample too close to the original that they got away with not paying royalties for? Right, and that one was just like two notes at the end, right? Because one. Vanilla Ice goes, 
Oh. It was one note. Ah, uh, bum bum, and Queen goes bum. <laughs> Definitely. Do you listen to yourself musically, uh, away from a critique factor? Um, like, do I sit down and sort of just enjoy my playing, you mean? Yeah, like, do, you, uh, do you pop in the Becoming a Demon album EP uh, and just yeah. listen to it and, and to, are you able to disconnect from it and say, you know what, that's a pretty good riff, that's a, that's a good album? Um, yes and no. I mean, I really kind of have to get myself to sort of a mental state where I'm maybe listening objectively to the other things. And, you know, I'm just sort of a part of that, just kind of uh, by happenstance, more or less. So I'll listen to the mix and, you know, the performance of the other guys. And I'll be like, damn, they're doing a really good job. Or wow, this mix is really good. This album sounds great. Um, if I start listening too close to me specifically, I start to get kind of the, I guess, analytical sort of thing uh, happening where I'm like, ah, could I have done this better? What would I have done differently? And that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, really, really kind of just try to move on when I get stuff out, you know? Okay. Um, Fair enough. Even, uh, well, especially with like older stuff, like if I went back and listened to some of the Spellcaster stuff from like 2014 or whatever, I would just be like, oh my God. This is this is terrible. <laughs> well, I think it's the growth of an artist at that point, where it's sure exactly. You know, um, I'm sure just out of you know happenstance, say Metallica, for example, will listen to certain things like you know the songs that are never played live, like Escape and Trapped Under Ice and Leper, mm-hmm. Leper Messiah, and just be like, meh. It, it was a different time, you know, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and just, dis- yeah, and just I'm, I'm be sure. so disconnected from it. Right. Which sucks. So those are some of my favorite Metallica songs. I think they're everybody's favorite Metallica songs and they never <laughs> play them. <laughs> Except for Metallica. Except for what? Oh, man. Except for Metallica. They're the only ones who don't like them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, 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 again, it's because it, they're too close to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, on a touring aspect, uh, yes. If you could have played any major concert from days gone past, what would what would you want to play? Like a concert that's already yeah, taken like, place. Yeah, like if you could have been there, you know, a concert that you could have never, never actually uh, feasibly performed at. What would it be? Oh, like, man. like a Woodstock, um, Isle of Wight, uh, right? Uh, you know, uh, the Russian show, uh, Monsters of Rock, uh, stuff like that. You know, huge events, right? What, what man, would you want to play? I honestly have never ever actually thought about that because I'm too busy sort of focusing on what I can do in the in the real world. I guess, right? And, uh, what I would like to play right now, um, what? I mean, I guess maybe sort of any kind of, like, tour that was done, you know, back in the 80s or even the 90s. I mean, let's let's be real. There, People were still going to concerts in the 90s, rock concerts at least. Oh, yeah. Um, you mean like a Clash of the Titans tour? Yeah, you know, like something where, you know, these days people are playing in kind of like these small clubs. Um, or not small clubs, but sort of like theaters, you know what I mean? Whereas those guys are like playing arenas, you know? You got Alice and Chance going out on sort of like one of their first real tours, and they're playing the freaking arenas. Right, right. Um, that, that kind of stuff is just mind-blowing. Uh, so I sort of wish that, uh, you know, we could do something like that. <laughs> right on. That, but, uh, that's that's so, an awesome, you know thinking about something like that and putting it to the terms of the future, you know, assuming we're all going to get back together and play shows again. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we, I think we will. I hope so. Hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it might be a couple of years, but we'll, we'll Oh gosh, please don't say that. A couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be like twenty one twelve 
<laughs> you oh, know what I, you know what I'm talking about where they the uh, discovery it's because the oh, music yeah, yeah, music yeah. is abolished and and he he finds the guitar in the cave and plays starts playing music again it's like no that can't happen like that right <laughs> uh, yeah no nah, it, it'll probably just be more like footloose oh gosh <laughs> you know the uh crazy government people are telling them no you can't dance and oh. then everybody starts dancing anyway Patrick Swayze's there it's fucking awesome yes oh man I'm thinking of dirty dancing oh. I never mind fuck it loose no yeah because it's the similar it's the both both same concept on both films so right <laughs> <laughs> somebody ripped somebody off D- yeah that's <laughs> the 80s that's the 80s for you for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a favorite city and venue could be two different places, um, city of one or venue of another, um, that you like to perform in. Um, I would say like San Antonio, Texas is always a really, really cool place to play. Um, you know, from sort of even back when I had just sort of joined Spellcaster and we did our first tours kind of as a unit, uh, up until now, uh, for some reason, San Antonio shows have always just been uh, pretty, pretty off the hook. Um, Venue-wise, oh man, I don't know. I mean, any place that has kind of like a decent sound system, I think. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and security and staff that doesn't treat the artists like uh, complete dog shit. Yes. Um, my, uh, my standards are pretty low. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I really like um, I really like playing places like uh, like El Corazon in in Seattle, which maybe doesn't fit some of that criteria, uh, but is you know a legendary sort of venue for uh, other reasons and kind of the the parts that are played in the uh, Seattle punk and grunge scenes in the late eighties and early nineties. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's it's cool. Okay, I can dig that. And just for the record, San Antonio loves Ozzy. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I was I was reading um, KK Downing's book, and he was talking about how San Antonio was like Judas Priest City. I'm like, God damn, there must be something in the water in San Antonio. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I think uh, the Ozzy thing is just because of the the Alamo incident. Oh, the Alamo. That's right. Yep. Oh, they love him there. Um, yeah. remember, all right, this part of the interview is about you. It's about Bryce. Do you have a favorite right, film? Cool. Oh, favorite film, man. I, I don't know. That's, that's tough. Um, I really, I really like, uh, the dark crystal. That's, that's a great, great movie. Um, the Netflix series that they did that just, they just came out with, um, was also amazing. Um, also really like uh, kind of like the old, you know, Schwarzenegger sort of cyberpunk movies like uh, Terminator 1 and 2. The Running um, Man. And, uh, yeah, Running Man. Oh, that's a great movie as well. Um, as well as uh, Total Recall. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think those, those three movies, Terminator 1, 2, and Total Recall, were kind of my favorite movies as a kid growing up that uh, – I would basically make my grandparents kind of put on um, repeats because they they did not have any problem with me watching rated on movies as like a as like a five or six year old, you know. Right, which is interesting because I always, you know, I love Total Recall as well, but being a kid, I didn't realize how late in like that genre for him that movie that film was because it came out in like 1990, and I was like, wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, for, for, for Arnold, you mean? Yeah, definitely. Considering yeah. that's six years after Terminator. It's yeah, like, well, same with, um, same with Terminator 2. Didn't that come out in, like, 91 or 92? Yeah, 91, 92, something like that. Yeah. So so that was that was when I was sort of uh, gaining consciousness as a, as a human on this planet. So those are, <laughs> that was new Arnold for me. Definitely. Uh, I just remember the scene where uh, John Connor, uh, you know, the uh, Edward Furlong, 
is uh, riding the, the dirt bike and Guns N' Roses is playing. Uh, so yeah. yeah, totally. It's like, man, yeah, I'm gonna butcher it up to shit. So, <laughs> uh, oh, it was so cool. Oh, it the best. Um, do you have a favorite food? Uh, I'm just gonna go with pizza because uh, it's pretty pretty hard to mess up pizza or burritos. I don't I know. If you I put pineapple had... on it. Oh, I love pizza and pineapple. <laughs> I know. I'm just giving shit. <laughs> so I mean, it's it, I it's not I don't bad. Understand the hate. <laughs> What's that? I don't understand the hate for pizza and pineapple. I, I I really don't either. Uh, I just you know everybody that I know is like they're they're either a diehard yes or a diehard no, and it's just like nope, there it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. I you know I think it's probably just because society sort of forces us to take these uh, kind of dichotomies. Whereas I don't think people would really give too many shits about it, other than you know. You have somebody who's like, oh, man, this guy really likes pineapple on pizza. This guy really doesn't. Now fight it out. That sort of thing. Definitely. So it's, it's it's just a topping, after all, you know? Like, we don't go toe-to-toe about uh, mushrooms on pizza or whatever. You oh, know? no. Nobody cares. Um, there was a there was a uh, pizza restaurant where I'm from called CC's. And <clears throat> they would do – they were like a pizza buffet. And they would do like all okay. kinds of like specialized pizzas like that, and they would be like crazy. Like one of them would have like uh, spiral noodles, like macaroni and cheese oh, or alfredo okay. on them. Some would have like buffalo sauce and pineapple. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that was a pretty cool place, and it was pretty cheap too. <laughs> Hell yeah, I can get down so, with that. Do you have an ultimate jam? An ultimate what? An ultimate, yeah. Do you have an ultimate jam? Something that finds its way back into your media player, whether it be on vinyl, CD, cassette, anything. Oh man, um, probably. I'm gonna have to say maybe like the the first Ingve Rising Force album, just kind of as a whole, or uh, you know, you could just even take like either black star or uh the icarus icarus suite um those are the ones that i'm really just like yeah fuck yeah definitely uh, in fact I'll, I'll listen to that stuff before we play shows just to psych myself up it's like kind of a pre-show ritual you know absolutely you know that's always been one of my things i've always wanted to incorporate a question wise was you know do you have a song you listen to or a few songs you listen to before um going on stage the things that mellow you oh, out yeah. and get you get you psyched for the show yeah absolutely i think i think a lot of people do and uh you started exploring that you might be sort of surprised definitely um one of my favorite things is i like watching if i if i'm able to i like watching the film heavy metal oh, okay yeah like the first one yeah oh i don't believe that there is a second one <laughs> <laughs> I know there is one and um the character yeah, good, good and, the, and the character was uh modeled after Kevin Eastman's wife. Um but no, I I, I only recognize the first one, so I'm that kind Perfect. of guy. I'm that kind of guy. Um do you have any spinal tap yeah. moments you like oh, to yeah. share? Oh man. Um too many of them. I mean, I think it's uh just that the movie, just the one that, that that stands out to you the most. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I had a uh, I had a run where I was pretty much like fairly consistently night for night, sort of like unplugging myself or unplugging my guitar or you know hitting a power switch somewhere on stage and like shutting my amp off right before I would go into a solo. So I'm getting all ready, and I'm, you know, foot up on the monitor. Uh, everybody's like, yeah, all right, it's going to happen. And then nothing. My power just goes out completely. Uh, <laughs> so I've had that happen more times than I can count. Um, that's uh, probably been the biggest the biggest sort of buzzkill. 
Um, yeah. That definitely yeah. is a shitty, a shitty moment to sit there, <laughs> especially if it's like a ripping, a ripping solo or something, you know, and you're just like, whoop, and there it goes. And it's like, yeah. shit, help somebody. You yeah. Know? You know, it, where everything's sort of building up to it. And it's just like, all right, here comes the, you know, the fucking climax. And then just nothing. It's just blue balls. That's it. Oh, That's all you get. That that's so ridiculous that like <laughs> you know, it's just so insane, like and then if somebody's trying to help you that's that's also in the band on stage, like they're trying to plug you back in <laughs> as you're doing it. That that's the worst. That's always the worst thing that could happen. It's like oh Yeah, exactly. Uh welcome to amateur hour. Yeah, yeah. right. Definitely. Yeah, we we try we try these days to, uh, you know, make sure that stuff like maybe a little bit more uh, bulletproof, so that kind of thing doesn't happen. Just have a nice, smooth running show. But yeah, especially back during the spellcaster days, it was a lot of kind of learning on our feet, you know, um, and that sort of thing. So if anything could go wrong, it would go wrong. Oh, I, yes. I mean, that's the that's the genesis for the question is because. Everything just goes wrong from time to time, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, got a few more questions here. Uh, what is your greatest okay. achievement as a musician? Um, man, I don't know. Uh, that's sort of, I guess when I get to the point of like, I'm always like looking for the next thing. Um, so if we're, for me, I guess to like sit back and be like, oh yeah, that was cool. Um, it's, fairly rare because I'm always trying to outdo it um, or I'm sort of, you know, looking at the next big thing and I'm like, oh, that would be really awesome too. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Probably the thing that I am still the most blown away from is just, you know, people like Jeff Loomis seeing my Instagram page and uh, leaving enough of an impression where he would just sort of recognize me out on the street. Um, so that, I think that that kind of stuff is pretty cool. Absolutely. And again, it's like, you know, everybody has their own idea of what quote making it is. And that's, you know, to find, you know, to have somebody like Jeff Loomis liking your, your Instagram posts or such. And, you know, that's, that's, that's an awesome feather in the cap in my opinion. So hell yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, and now this is the morbid question and people are like, Oh really? And it's, um, <laughs> if heaven or hell exists, what do you want to hear when you arrive? Um, all right. So is it, is it like playing on a loop, like a repeat sort of thing? Or is when it you're, just, you get there, here's, here's the intro music. Yep. It's rest. It's you your, entr- it's your entrance at WrestleMania. No. <laughs> okay. okay. What do you, Perfect. what do you want to hear when 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 you're walking walking out the curtain, <laughs> oh, probably Where, uh, wherever Yngwie, you think you're Yngwie going, far beyond the sun. What's that? Ingve, far beyond the sun. Awesome, I dig that. Yeah. It'll, it'll uh, roll nicely into that theme as well. Very or, much, and uh, some cosmic consciousness beyond all life. Wow, probably a more in depth answer than most people get. <laughs> you know <laughs> seriously um bryce thank you for calling in it's been awesome tell everybody out there how to get a hold of silver talon how they can purchase your music how they can find you on all the social media sites out there how do they do that yeah so we are on literally all of these social media sites out there um the ones that i use the most are probably instagram uh you can either check us out silver talon we are silver period talon on instagram or my personal instagram page is b van Hoosen, just like my last name and um as far as where our music is we're on Bandcamp or spotify itunes apple music whatever uh, also have a website, silver-talon.com. Awesome. Yeah. And it's silvertalon.bandcamp.com. You can get the becoming a demon EP along with the, um, the, uh, warriors in demo and a devil machine demo and a bunch of awesome, awesome merch on there. Like a couple of patches, which I have and are fucking going on the battle vest soon. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
um, along with you got some tapestries. Uh, it looks like your looks like all your vinyl and and discs. It looks like you have some CDs still available, but the vinyl and the uh, tape are sold out. And I just saw this. I did, I don't know when this got put up here, but it looks like you're giving away or you're not giving it away. It's a it's a one hour guitar lesson. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I got some of those out there as well. Yeah, I see that. That's awesome. Uh, it looks like it says topics include basic theory, developing a personalizing practice routine, phrasing, all the way down to social media management. I might have to pay. Yeah. For, I might have to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, awesome. let's do it, man. That's an awesome deal. So, Bryce, again, thank you so much. And before we go, this is going to be... What am I going to play here? What do you want me to play? Oh, man, put me on the spot here. Yeah, uh, what do you want me to play of your alls? Oh, oh of ours. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, what song do I want to hear right now? Uh, <laughs> um, let's do, uh, how about... Speed of the night. You heard it. Speed of the night. Here it goes.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they're a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and more printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, Studios502.com. Metal Fest Night, the Jeremy Wade No Cancer Fighting Weekend. 30 bands, two stages, two hellacious days. $15 per night or $25 for the weekend includes fishing and camping. Metal Fest Night, sponsored by Imperial Tattoos, the Bill TV Network, Dark Star TV, and Mike Taylor Sound. Hosted by Metal Forge Radio with special guest Cold Steel Rail, Shovelhead, Year of the Gun, Two Pump Jump, Cross Joint, Overload, Juke Joint Revival, Fudge Knuckle, and SWP, Dustin Swagger, Nightshade, Celestial Serpent, Nothing's Wrong, Hidden Solace, Call Me Monster. Devil be my judge. Bastard sons of a Judas goat. Automalized berry. Eat flat. Until the dead walk. Creature of exile. Eulogy of blood. Bradshaw. Metal Fest 9. At the Boondocks Event Center. Bringing havoc back to the farm. Friday, July 24th. Saturday, July 25th. In Shepherdsville, Kentucky. For more information, check it out on Facebook, Metal Fest 9, the Jeremy Wayne No Cancer Fighting Weekend. <laughs> 